mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? So we're back. Uh, part two of q and I'm not going to assign it a name. <laughs> I was going to come in and say we're back with a little one, but I'm, I'm really hesitant to even call it a little one because last time we tried to do a little one wasn't so little. <laughs> At this point, I think if we're under two hours, can we still call it? <laughs> if it's under an hour and a half, is it a little one? Like, there you go. I don't know. That's a good line to so draw. We'll look at it. At the end, we'll be like, oh, it's little. Like That, that would be still over like the average podcast it's like an hour long or <laughs> but we're like oh it's a little one you know yep. whatever so we're just gonna jump right in more questions so i'm gonna start off with the like a little lighter one we'll work our way into it okay so kayla asks what duggar is most likely to go on a game show <laughs> i think so i think that lines up to whichever one we feel has the most personality Okay, so you take it as personality? I feel like they would have to, because we know that their education ain't going to get them on Jeopardy. So uh, True that. Um, but do you know what? When I grew up, um, we had a board game that was the Mormon version of Trivial Pursuit, and it was called Celestial Pursuit. Yeah. If there's like a Bible version of Jeopardy, they could do that. I'm sure on like TBN at some point, they've had some Bible version of of jeopardy but so do you have a person in mind though for that personality um i mean i don't think any of them are like which one was our was our little dancer that wasn't dancing jackson but i don't know if i get game show vibes no i think i get more so if you're going personality i would say josiah Mm -hmm. maybe but i actually have a different take on this question okay that so that's why I was like, oh, you went with personality only mm-hmm. because my spin is cocky. Like okay. who thinks they're fucking smart? So that would be Josh, but he's in prison. Mm-hmm. So then the next person that comes to mind for me is Jed, which uh, missionary Jed, not artist Jed. Um, <laughs> the, Jed, Jed, the real Jed. Jed. Okay. Okay. Please um, stand up. <laughs> the, the reason I say him, but it makes sense. He's what everybody is kind of referring to as like pest 2.0. Okay. So I'm like, yeah. So like I had that thought and then I'm like, oh, it all lines up. But I, so yeah, not so much personality is where my mind went. I went to like, who the fuck is cocky enough to think that they could do it? See, I just, I overthink the question and I'm like, but there's so many layers of, of, uh, like auditions and stuff that you have to do before you actually get on there. They would get kicked out if they, if they didn't have personality. So and this is because we just well, watched. I feel like it's like a Josh thing. You know how he he got people with like people like he's charismatic. Right. He wins over the the wrong, the stupid people. You know what I mean? Like there's people that still eat that shit up. That's why he got. That's how he got away with what he did and how he got as far as he did. You know. So you're saying that all game show people are are stupid. Well, no, but no. <laughs> this also comes from we just watched a Golden Girls episode where Dorothy's trying to get on Jeopardy. Oh and yeah, and she's all cocky. <laughs> oh yeah, she's 
she's like, oh, look, a, a physicist and a hist- and a historian, and I'm wiping the floor with them as a substitute teacher. And when they jo- don't choose her, they explain to her that, like, we don't think anybody would root for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, so this one, um, it was asked in the comment section of, uh, like, an Instagram post, and several people were like, oh, yes, this is a must answer. So it's a big question. And okay. it's a good thing because Mildred just walked in. She I don't know kno- if you heard her. She she did her version of a meow. She and knows I her kind cues, of picked man. it up on the microphone. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. She knows her cues, man. What, what were we talking about? Natural beauty Natural last beauty. week and she walked in. Mm-hmm. So, Mildred, this question's for you. Oh, she just left. Okay. Uh, who is Mildred's favorite Duggar? Mm. I think there's a lot of similarities between you and, you and her. So I think... Uh, I think Johanna's the one that you were into. Yep. I think she's a Johanna fan. I agree. I think that Johanna's got just enough. She's got personality, just the right amount of sass, you know, mm-hmm. without being like off. But, you know, it's just like the perfect yeah. combination. So I, I agree. I think that we're all uh, Johanna fans. <laughs> I don't know if Mildred's laying on the couch and we like get up. Sometimes she looks at us with joy face. Oh, yeah. They definitely have similar... Um, As, like, a cat, she has such a level of, like, crank face. It's very she really does. Okay, now I'm going to go for a bit of a longer one. Flipping back. All right, so this is from Karen. She said that she just binged every episode oh, well. over the past week. So <laughs> she's like, sorry if it's not current, <laughs> like, you know, or whatever. Um, she says, have any of their kids expressed regret at the orphanage episode or said in their books that they wish it had been edited better at least you know at least one show executive heard that they're going to be real live orphans and got all excited which is that's what i kind of think too it's like and that's why it's interesting that they took away so many of them Mm -hmm. or if you remember um i can just picture someone telling them not to feed the kids that morning because they need to look hungrier for the cameras i have not heard anything that they expressed any kind of regret In, in fact going forward it happens so many more times Mm-hmm. you see these types of things there's a lot more missionary like episodes so i don't think it even crosses their mind yeah i don't think it yeah yeah um the next one says has anna been kicked out of any of the groups or programs due to josh's arrest and convictions seems like if you're not allowed to have any non-family members living with you then having a family member in prison would be a problem <laughs> not for these people not, yeah <laughs> um but maybe not if his mugshot shows a pleasing countenance. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that it's just it. They're just in this whole other world of. It's rules for rules for thee, not for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you know if Anna might be granted any flexibility in her marriage in the eyes of their church, since she was sold damaged goods as a husband, and both sets of parents knew it? I don't think that's that's a concept that even comes up. I don't think it's a concept, mm-hmm. and I think with the both um, parents knowing it, because it was set up by, because they loved the, even if, I don't know how much, so Anna says later, spoiler alert for Tim, that like, oh yeah, we I knew about some of his early stuff, but he'd, you know, prayed and, rep- you know, prent- repented and really done all these things, but you know they didn't tell her exactly what it was. No. They just said that he did some bad, she probably thought he made out with the girl, or like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's probably... If I remember correctly, um, Justin, the the one that had his podcast that grew up with Josh, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what he thought for a while. He's like, you thought that, like, did he make out with a girl? Right. Did he touch a girl? Mm-hmm. Like, you know? So, 
as far as the church goes, she was in their like group of people. There was like, oh well, the the headships put this together. Right. The authority figures did this. I don't think she gets granted anything. I think she's no. just. Keeps that would also the be role. an admission of guilt. Yeah, by the absolutely. by you're the right, two fathers, right. if they they did something like that, because then it would reflect on them. Go figure. Yep, that's absolutely correct. So. <laughs> That's kind of like a, I think, no to all of the above on every single one of those questions. Yeah. I don't think that there's, I don't even think they think that far into it. They don't mm-hmm. allow themselves to. I don't think so. So Bailey from Australia, she says it's safe to say that the Duggars cooking is probably bland and unexciting. <laughs> I think that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm pretty certain none of them drink alcohol either. Jill has had some. Jill. Really? Jill. What did Jill have? She like posted a picture of a pina colada and the people were like, is it virgin? And she said, no. Damn. Get it, girl. I mean, first it was the shorts, then it was the nose ring, and then it's the pina colada, and then it's her posting weird sex things. Jill is... Do I even ask? <laughs> you know, let's keep you in suspense. Let's... Okay. For another time. <laughs> it's like Christian Kama Sutras. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just a little teaser. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Um. So I'm pretty sure none of them drink alcohol either. I also highly doubt they eat much fine dining. I mean, we saw how they were with the uh, steakhouse. It oh, was yeah. like, or the the, the Italian the, restaurant, the, or the Italian, Italian the Italian restaurant <laughs> down in Florida. You know. Yeah. Um. As I'm going out on a limb here and say that Northwest Arkansas is not the pinnacle of culture or a place of many restaurant options. My question is, if you could give the Duggars one food dish or drink to absolutely blow their minds and annihilate their taste buds, what would it be and why? I think my choice would be Bloody Mary because the combination of alcohol, spice, and seasonings would be like anything they have ever tasted before. <laughs> Thanks for all the, con- all the content and the work you put into the show. What would you give them as far as food and or drink, I guess? Mm. I feel like it would have to be something that's not like remotely on the radar like something indian you know what i mean like butter chicken or like oh biryani. God, just, just you wait till this next season oh god <laughs> i don't want to spoil anything but there is a food scene okay that i cannot wait for you to see <laughs> okay i think for me it would be something that's like super hot but super flavorful like biryani biryani was that for me when i first tried that i'm like it's so hot but i just want to keep eating it so so that's yours? I think so, yeah. Do you have a cocktail? Mmm. They probably wouldn't like anything unless it was super sweet. Yeah, that's why Jill is having a pina colada. Yeah. It she, would I'm be surprised like, it's not a strawberry daiquiri. Or yeah, like, it'd be know? like a fucking Midori sour yeah. or something, you know. They'd be like, sweet and sour? <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. There you go. There's my answer. Midori sour. Okay, so for mine, I, I'm just picking it because it's like my favorite. I love tequila. Silver tequila is my... That is my... That is it. So, and I really love grapefruit. So I would say like a Paloma, but like maybe like a spicy Paloma. Mm. So a spicy Paloma is a drink. But as far as food goes, so, okay, so their food is not really fresh. They eat a lot of canned. And I'm not saying there's not a place for these things. I have canned vegetables. I have casseroles or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of the entirety it's of the their diet. Yeah. Made. So... They have their time and their place. I just feel like their food is very, like, heavy and very, like, muddy. Processed. And by, like, muddy, I don't just mean, like, sometimes it looks muddy. Like, literally (laughs) does. 
but just like that heavy flavor where everything just kind of mushes together. Mm-hmm. So I would choose, I guess it's not a specific dish, but it's just a type of food, like Mediterranean Greek, like really like traditional mm-hmm. or even Spanish. Like we both, we really like Spanish, like tapas. We, one year at our um, t- teeny tiny little townhouse, we hosted both our families over to our teeny tiny there was so many people (laughs) shoved and we did like tapas for christmas Mm -hmm. and stuff but um i feel like i'd choose something like that because it's really like high flavor and like fresh Mm -hmm. it's like citrus olives the olive oil the Mm -hmm. the herbs and yeah so i feel like greek mediterranean yeah you hate it though like there's a lot of flavor but it's surprisingly light and um then michelle could have remember how when they're at the mexican restaurant she was like spanish food it's like no let's like like, you could try actual spanish (laughs) (laughs) so katie asks and if i'm thinking of the correct katie i think this is a katie that is a very talented knitter and knitted her own wedding dress recently damn um if it's this right katie (laughs) otherwise they're like it's because i just wrote down katie like i think this is her um so she says maybe this isn't the kind of question you're looking for but i'm gonna ask anyway any knowledge on which Duggar kids are still in versus out of the IBLP? The younger kids specifically, I guess. I just can't imagine what it's like at the big house these days. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we kind of, we all kind of know what we know about the older kids. Jill, clearly out. Ginger, out. Um, Jessa seems partially, she still seems deep in the Kool-Aid, but she's let go of certain IBLP things. Mm-hmm. But I think she will never be vocal about it the way Jill and jessa i mean and ginger have been Mm -hmm. but about the little kids or at least still in the house so there is supposedly this is all very just like unconfirmed Mm -hmm. supposedly a certain duggar boy reached out to a certain youtuber and said that like when the ginger's book came out and said that he was on his way out too Okay. And it was like, I can't remember the verbiage. It was something like, be- I'm about to be bopping my way out or something like that. And she put like his words or whatever. But then that post was like taken down. Okay. Who knows? But I I have vibes that Jason will, will get out. Okay. He's still there. He's the one with the treehouse. But he was also the only one to say something against Pest. Mm-hmm. He was the one to be photographed shirtless. Oh, nobody was even looking at his countenance. I sure wasn't. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the chesticle region. <laughs> um, and he was the one that like went with Joy to the courthouse mm-hmm. during the whole trial. Like I just, he seems to be more in tune with some things. Okay. So I get the vibe, and we just saw his birthday party where we're like, oh, I'm gonna have to pay attention to him, and I'm like, yeah, we're really gonna have to kind of watch, <laughs> watch Jason. So I get those vibes about Jason. As far as the little kids go, um. I have no idea what's going on with the girl, like the younger girls, because they don't have any form of social media or like right. of their own or anything like that. But it does make me just think about how different those younger kids' upbringing is. Mm-hmm. So they've got. I mean, even with you, like you had, um, you always talk about like your two older sisters, and then you and the one that I went to high school with had two very different upbringings. And yeah, so here they are where these younger ones had next to nothing mm-hmm. relationship with Josh for sure. Right. The older sisters because they were still sister moms or whatever, but I feel mm-hmm. like Josh, they have like nothing. Now yeah. they've got all of their um like Pess and Anna's, all the M kids are living there. 
they're all doing like school together. Mm-hmm. They're kind of become, even if it's their and as kids, it's like their aunts and uncles. They're all like they're kind of like this big almost yeah. sibling group again. Mm-hmm. But versus the older kids, whether no matter how much they're being sheltered, which we know they are, they're picking up on something. Yeah, they are seeing their siblings not be around. They are seeing mm-hmm. their siblings dress differently. They are like you know, mm-hmm. so it's just interesting to think that like oh yeah they they have this tiny little bit more of an opportunity because mm-hmm. there's only so much that Jim Bob and Michelle can try to shield them from right. like their upbringing is not going to be entirely the same as it was before because now they've they've been in entirely growing up in fame mm-hmm. and with all of this shit going on mm-hmm. so the money's not coming in the uh well no but even the, though the money coming in they're still way better off than they were when the older kids were younger mm-hmm. well yeah but i'm saying they're not exactly on uh good morning america anymore yeah, yeah that's for sure <laughs> all right so this next one is pointed at you tim okay this is from chowder the cat Ooh, chowder it says burning question that i can't get out of my mind what was the outcome of the rabbi fight were they able to use the pallet of food or not <laughs> Okay, so uh, yes, we were able to use the pallet of food. Um, the rabbi that was the client, who I'll just call the client moving forward, um, the client said everything was good. The rabbi that was there to check us, the consultant, um, was not happy with it. But eventually erred on the side of, well, if the client says, I guess we can use it. And he told my executive chef, if it was up to me, which it should be, I wouldn't use any of this stuff. Wow. Yep. But if... Cause <laughs> He's the other thrown th- his dick around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the thing is, the client is a lot older and he is very, very well known in that circle. So he thinks he's better than the well-known guy. He's just like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it is. It's like, well, I have much more discerning tastes than the client. Um, so that was one of them. But the the rest of that story was we got most of our main stuff from that company in California. But then we also got some from a local kosher market who has not the greatest reputation and part of it is the the people that own the business are sometimes trying to like get like hide some stuff from some people just like where they source their ingredients and like where they get stuff. So they have getting shady. Yeah. So they have this weird um, they have this weird reputation, especially here in Arizona. And we did an event later on where they were like, oh, where'd you get this from? And I named that business and they were like, oh. Like, it was, like, that level of, like, there was a bad <laughs> rep for this place, oh. right? So, a bunch of their stuff showed up because we were getting their product through um, a broker. So, we were getting it through our normal kind of food broker, and he just went with this as his kosher place to get his food. So, we ordered it. It came in. We were all good. The, the consultant rabbi again was like i need to look at that stuff so then he looks at all the stuff that we got in and mind you at this point we're trying to start cooking and that's the annoying part is that like they have they no were... concept of like no 
what you guys need to actually do the fucking job. No. Their idea is that we can show up an hour before the event and get everything done we need to an hour before the event. And Yeah, that's not at all how it works. Yeah, and this group was like 300 people. So it's like we should have been prepping like three days in a row. And we got a full day and like four hours on Friday is kind of what we got. Um, anyway, so the consultant shows up looking at the stuff that we got from this uh purveyor here in arizona i'm trying not to name them i'm trying not to name them so hard um so we got our stuff from them he showed up he was not happy and the example i'll give you is that sometimes when you order like processed meat from them you know chicken beef whatever it is um they won't necessarily send it in the same box they'll send it in a box of something else but then they have this tape this white tape that has kind of all this Hebrew lettering and stuff. And it essentially says like a certified rabbi checked this. So they have that tape. It's like labels and tape that they use to close everything. So he was mad because they had pulled product, processed the meat and put it back in boxes and didn't put that label on it. And he was like huffing and puffing around our kitchen and being like, I just don't know how you how you work this way. Everybody knows that they should have these labels and that they have to have this. So he he called my executive chef and was like, where did you get this stuff? And we were like, well, we got it from, um, you know, our food purveyor. And then he was like, well, where did they get it from? And so he got on the phone with our sales rep. He got on the horn all upset. Oh, yeah. Um. He So he got on the horn with our food sales rep, um, and then he got on the horn with this uh, this purveyor here in Arizona that I'm trying not to name. <laughs> the purveyor. But they were, he was like arguing with them over the phone, and then we were like, cool, can we use this? And he goes, no, the owner of their business is coming. And we were like, okay. So the owner of that business that I'm trying not to name showed up. And it was an old couple um, that has owned this for like a while. And she legitimately had a roll of all of those white labels around her wrist. And she came in hot. Her and her old husband ran into that place seeing the the consultant from like outside and were like, already yelling loud the second they walked in the oh, door man so you had more than just rabbi fights you had oh yeah and this was all in hebrew so we understood nothing, nothing and me and but Ken you can were... feel it oh yeah <laughs> we were reading context clues um so she comes in and she starts yelling at the consultant the consultant starts trying to talk to her very calmly and i hear this back and forth a couple times and we have the cart pushed out the like the plastic rolling cart that has all the stuff we ordered from them so the consultant sitting there pointing at stuff and trying to talk calmly and the woman's like yelling at him he says one thing that lady's husband comes back and starts so then they both start yelling at the consultant and then he starts yelling at them so it's oh my. three people surrounding a plastic rubbermaid cart full of kosher items and she's the drama and as she's yelling at him, she's taking labels off the roll that's on her list, and she's just, like, slapping it on everything that's on that cart. Like, she's screaming at him as she's going, slap, slap, slap. Because the stickers mean... The stickers mean that... So you're supposed to get things that are either completely factory sealed from the manufacturer, 
or if it's something that is processed in their facility, there is a there's a like I said a roll of tape, a labeling system. It needs to be sealed to know that it is it is certified kosher with some rabbi and and the the labels have a place for them to sign like they can sign their name and and but but i'm just what i'm getting at is that she thought that coming in later on and slapping these on would make it better so i if i context clues once again um i think what it was was they had processed some stuff and didn't put those labels on there and i think i think so like I said, they had done chicken and put it in a box that wasn't for that chicken and didn't have that tape and didn't have that label. And they were like, it should be fine. It's cryovac'd like it's coming from our facility. I think the consultant was scolding them by being like, why doesn't it have the label? It should always have that. That was the energy he came at us with all the time anyway. Got it. See, Tim has a very different kosher experience. Mine is minimal on the other end. Um, so he before he did these big giant events as a banquet chef at a hotel um you also did like work here and there like you worked passover passover at the 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 biltmore which used to be a huge thing yeah he did that Mm -hmm. um my extent of kosher is when i spent seven years working at a hospital (laughs) (laughs) and when we get a kosher patient all we could do we're not a fucking kosher kitchen Mm -hmm. so all we could do was order in these frozen kosher meals right and they're mm-hmm. like a little tv dinner it's all the only option we had they were super expensive and my mm-hmm. lead time on them was so then i became the buyer and it became a mm-hmm. pain in my ass because we had we had some repeat people that would be at the hospital all the time and they they only like i had to order them three to four weeks in advance mm-hmm. and they only came in variety packs yep so then the person would eat all the spaghettis and then all we'd have left is like fish or like, you know, stuff that they want. And then they'd be mad that I didn't have any more spaghettis. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm not getting another pack. I'm not yeah. getting more cases for another. So then my freezer would pile up with all the shit that they didn't want to eat. But I'm like, I don't have anything else to give you. Yeah. Or because they they would try to get something else by being like, I think it popped open because you're supposed mm-hmm. to keep it in the bag and then put it in the yep. microwave. But so it was a pain in my ass and not mm-hmm. to your end, but it was still a pain in my ass. Where yeah. I'm like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I can't give you spaghetti every day for six days and then keep giving you spaghetti. Like, right. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have a choice. Yep. The only other thing I have from that was I remember one of the things that the clients had selected on his menu was uh, beef bourguignon. Awful not all wine is kosher like so i couldn't i didn't have kosher wine on property we had no time to was there any kosher grape juice (laughs) manischewitz um so chef ken my executive chef um called the consultant and said can you give us two bottles of kosher red wine and he's like, "Yep, I'm coming down there in a couple hours anyway. I'll bring I'll bring some with me." Cool. So he shows up. We assumed that he like had it on him, and we were like, "We'll pay you for how much it is." You know, they're already getting like an exorbitant fee. That obviously we 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 did so much business with this client that as a property we actually picked up half of the consulting fee, but it was like tens of thousands of dollars. Um, I remember one event that we did that was really long. It was like 14 grand that they paid to have this consultant come and check everything. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So 
he get he lends us these two bottles of wine. We use them, and then Ken had told him we'll pay you back. And he goes, well, I have the receipt for them. He had just gone to Sprouts, and it was a Sprouts receipt. And I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna. Oh, I remember this. And yeah. so he went to Sprouts, got these two bottles of red wine. We use them. Fine. We're like, man, if we're dropping fourteen grand on this guy, he's not gonna cause a big deal about it. Two days after our event, he was calling my executive chef. Hey, can I swing by and grab the money for those bottles of wine? And Ken was like, well, I don't know where the receipt is. I don't have it. And he's like, well, I left it with your banquet chef. I had it in the office. But once again, Ken was like, we just paid you 14 grand. Like, (laughs) you're fine. So Ken moves on. Ken kind of ghosts him for a little bit because he's like, I don't have time to deal with somebody wanting money for wine. So finally, I don't imagine it was expensive wine either. Oh, we're going to get there. Um, So finally, he gets on the horn with me and goes, hey, do you know if there's any way I can get the money for that? And I'm like, well, I can't just hand you cash. It has to go through our finance team because it went through the hotel. Um, So I was like, let me take the receipt. and I'll go up front and see what we can do. How much do you think each of those bottles cost? I don't I'm afraid to go too low. And you'd be like. I'm going to, do I go too low? I'm going to say $18 for both. (laughs) Each bottle was like $6. Okay, so I was originally going to say $14 and I upped it and I thought that's too low. So then I went to $18 for $9 a bottle. He got paid $14,000 and he was hassling us for $12 (laughs) of red wine that he bought at Sprouts. I know, it's not like it was special. Oh, man. That's funny. Man. Anyway, maybe uh, one of these days we'll have like a like a subscription story where I tell you a little more tales of doing kosher catering because it's fascinating. Well, I cracked up because um, we had one listener that their dad is a rabbi, but she said mm-hmm. like a like a kind of like a liberal progressive one. She's like, even we make fun of the ones that think that the symbols aren't good enough. Yeah. And another listener that actually lives in like Israel mm-hmm. um, was like, oh, I have theories on what different <laughs> sex I think it is that like we're given, you know, having yeah. problems with each other. Mm-hmm. It's just so funny that it's like, yeah. Even though we're like, we know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So next question is from Taylor. Taylor asks, give us the dugger you like the most and something you don't like about them. And the dugger you dislike the most and something you like about them. Disclaimer, pest can be excluded from this from the candidates. There's nothing to like about him. <laughs> okay. So let's start with dugger you like the most and something you don't like about them. Hmm. So for me, go ahead. I feel like it's hard because my favorites are little kids. Okay. <laughs> like Johanna, where mm. we don't, we haven't seen who she is as an adult. Correct. And like Jackson, we haven't seen him. Like he turned eighteen, and like whatever, but we haven't seen much from him. He's mm-hmm. not married. Like you know, we don't really know a lot about. We don't really have anything to like really dislike it right i think we're endeared to them because they had some personality and we did watch them grow up although it's funny because there is like a younger dugger that i'm not endeared to i don't know but um (laughs) but like i think that's part of it is like you watch them grow up in these like funny Mm -hmm. so you are endeared to them so it's almost kind of a cop-out like i can't really think of something i could say i dislike Mm -hmm. because i don't know enough about them as like a full-blown person (laughs) you know like a grown person yeah I think, 
I think in the in the point of the show that we're in now, I like Joy a lot. I think she has a lot of personality. She's funny. She kind of talks shit. Um, she has a really good like "Are you kidding me?" face. So I feel like that's there. I think if I had to say it, I dislike the fact that she falls really quickly into let me spit out the rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I had to answer that question to the letter, that's what it is. I think Joy's funny. I think she's endearing at this stage of her life, but she airs too qu- And you can see it. We've talked about that. She gets the same look that Baby Cannon gets where her eyes kind of like just go wide and then she starts reciting. It's like when know. she couldn't really describe defrauding, like mm-hmm. really couldn't do it. But she was just like, because it's bad. Like, yeah. you know. Yep. Um, and I'll agree with that. Like, Joy, I do like her at this stage, too. And as an adult, I feel like in her somewhere, she sees it. Okay. But she doesn't want to deal with the work. Mm. I don't think she wants to do the work of what... Or go through the backlash that Jill is, you know, the separation yeah. Jill has from her family. And I don't think she wants to do the work that Ginger's doing. Because I get it. That's not for everybody. Yeah. Like, I get that it's exhausting. So I feel like it's in there, but she's just happy to like go along. And I do think she has a controlling husband. So that's a whole other thing. So I think that she sees these parts of it, but then she's still mm-hmm. kind of in this like, I don't want to do it, but also doesn't see how controlling her own husband is, even if yeah. it's kind of in a different way, you know? So right. I think that's the part that I would say I don't like. Cause like, I feel like she doesn't, that she has this potential that I feel like she's not <laughs> real. You know what I mean? Like that she's yeah. not fully realizing Right. Okay, so for the second part of the question, the Duggar you dislike the most and something you like about them. That is fucking tough. That one's rough. Who is your absolute And we said the pest isn't on the board, right? No, he's off, which I appreciate because that's... (laughs) That one's too easy. Um, But even then, I'm struggling. So I'll let you go first. (laughs) Um... I think Jib Bob's my least favorite Duggar. Yes! I don't... I'm glad you said because to me, I don't mm-hmm. know how to say anybody else. Yeah. He's the reason for everything. Well, yeah. <laughs> we but know like, biology. But it's the whole authority thing. It's yeah. he, it's been his, like how I said before that I feel like every family is a cult within a cult mm-hmm. because every headship authority figure, male father is his, his family becomes his own, own mini cult. Yep. I cannot think of a single thing I can say that I like about him. Like I, I struggled for a second to be like, can I say that I like that he's been smart with his money, but that's not a him. He, that's not like a liking him thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't, but then I also can think of a million other things about that. That's wrong because he's not paid his children and he's Mm -hmm. not like, so I, I, I feel like this might be a cop out, but I cannot think of anything to like about him. I can't even say he loves his wife because he what he gets out of it is the control factor. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's some other people I could be like, okay, you might be a piece of shit in some ways, but they seem like they have a genuine relationship or whatever. Right. I don't even see that. Mm-hmm. It's someone he could control and get on his like. I just I see nothing genuine out of that man. He knows a, he knows a good amount of trades. I'll give him that. There you go. Yeah. There's a positive. He knows how to he knows how to do trade type things. So you like that he um that, isn't that had, such a lame has answer some though? Skills. I like that he can um change the tire on the side of the road with a piece of pipe. Yep. 
Um, I'm copying off your paper, by the way. The amount of hairspray he uses makes his hair look like Lego, and that makes me smile. Okay, there you go. We got something. We got two things. So one for you, one for me. Can we call it good? Mm-hmm. Cool. We've answered the question. There's a Family Guy episode where Stewie is a CEO of a business, and he talks about needing to do the compliment sandwich, where you say the compliment, and then you give him the piece of criticism you're going to give him, then you give him another compliment. And the compliments he gives Brian are like not remotely anything that are like about him. And when he gets to the last one, he doesn't know what to say. And he's like, you kind of look like Snoopy and it makes me smile. (laughs) I had someone I worked with once come to me thinking that they were giving me some sort of fucking wisdom. Because they heard something that I was griping about. And when they came to me, they were like, I heard you had problems. I'm like, yeah, I fucking do. Like, so <laughs> I think that they thought it was going to go differently anyways. <laughs> and they're like, have you heard of the Oreo cookie approach? Oh, my and God. And I was like, don't fucking start with me. Like, don't. It, I, I won't get into, like, why this person is not someone to be, like, in the leadership. But I was just like, okay, thanks for the the Nabisco <laughs> snacks uh, wisdom like yep. <laughs> anyway so the next question is from ruben and we're still on the topic of uh jim bob okay so ruben asks in your opinion do you think it's possible that jim bot 3000 actually <laughs> has a personality but it is so ill at ease in front of a camera that he comes across the way he does or do you think that what you see is what you get and he's really like that all the time I feel like he's like that all the time. And I think it doesn't come from the fact of being on TV. I think it comes from a place of he spends so much time and bandwidth trying to not look dumb or like he mismanaged something. He's fucking insecure is what it is. Yeah. I think it's an immense place of insecurity. um, And I think that's why he's the way that he is. Because as he's talking to the cameras and like the talking heads, I think he's trying to self-edit in the moment to make himself sound and look the best. So I feel like that's just his personality. I think that for the majority of the time, it is what he really is. I think he's that fake in front of all people in town. I feel like he's that way in front of people at church, in front of Mm -hmm. the Bates. Um, I think that there is a further back in time because there is reference to like in some of their books and stuff about him having more of like a temper okay um so i think there are little parts of things that we don't see but i still don't think he necessarily walks around raging all the time like Mm -hmm. when the cameras are down but i think what i think what you're saying is it where he's constantly self-editing so it is who he is in Mm -hmm. a way not because it's like a supernatural thing but because he is constantly putting on a show even for his children yeah to look like he knows what's going on to look like the authority to look like to michelle like even to his own family it's a it's a facade yeah and i think that's why i think that's why you can tell famey kind of grinds his gears a lot because famey will poke at him yeah um and you can tell that it makes him uncomfortable but i think if he did have a kind of an anger problem at some point I feel like in those moments, his knee-jerk reaction when she's kind of giving him shit is to get mad. And I think he self-edits himself enough where he's trying to look natural and looks completely unnatural. Yeah. So I think that's kind of why I appreciate those points is like you you kind of see the crack in the wall, you know. 
because he's not used to any kind of anybody saying anything to him. He's, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. that doesn't, his kids don't tease him. Michelle Correct. sure as fuck won't tease him mm-hmm. because you're taught, don't ever make your husband look bad, even if it's yeah. like for, like, no, you don't do that. Yeah. Famey's about as much as it gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess if we had to say something nice about Famey, I guess we appreciate that she needles him every once in a while. <laughs> there you go. There's a Duggar we don't like that we can say something about. <laughs> So Afton said, I would love for you guys to share some of your favorite re- recipes. Apparently, I just love snark casts and food. <laughs> I will say there is one that I was introduced um, by Whitney that went really far in my career. So it actually ended up on our menu at the restaurant before I left. What? What do you mean? Chicken Marbella. Ah, yes. Um, love a good chicken Marbella. It's a Spanish, based on a Spanish recipe. The website is like New York Times Cooking is the website. If you look up Chicken Marbella. Except I do it different. And so do I. But it gives you a good basis. So it's like um, chicken that's marinated in like white wine and plums. Except I do white raisins, like golden raisins. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a bunch of like dried fruit, white wine. Capers. Yum. Yeah. So what we ended up doing, if you do look at that recipe, it's definitely worth it. Um, so we would marinate the chicken and then sear it off and cook it to order. And then we made the sauce. So the sauce had like shallots and garlic, um, sauteed, deglazed with white wine. And then, um, we put a brown sugar, a little bit of slurry to kind of thicken it. Some like a little bit of lemon juice with all that like dried fruit, the prunes, the plums, the apricots. Um, and then... When it came off the stove, then we add the capers and the olives. So it doesn't get super it's, salty. It just but it's has... salty, sweet. It's got vinegar. It's mm-hmm. like it hits it's every. It hits everything on your palate. Mm-hmm. It's very good. We used to serve it with like Mediterranean couscous and stuff. It was so good. So I used to serve it with spicy potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So chicken marbella. That's one. And on but... a random side note, um, Whitney loves clams casino. So. She's been trying to get me to get Clams Casino on a menu forever. Um, so I made a pizza out of it. So we made our own flatbreads, and we would do what, what I called the Casino Royale. And it was... And his GM fucking hated it. Oh, he, he hated it. He's like, I don't it. get it. I don't get it. Do people like... Do people eat clams on pizza? And we're like, yes, it's 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 a thing. And every time I'd go up there, he'd be like, I don't know. I looked it up. It's just not... But he was also like, I don't like warm seafood. So he was a weirdo. Anywho, um, <laughs> I don't get it. And like anytime Tim it. wasn't there, yeah. he would like ask people about like the pizza. It's like, Do dude, we even sell that many. <laughs> My executive sous chef made the joke that we should have a bell that rang up to his office. So every time we sold one, we could ding the bell. <laughs> like he wouldn't let it go. It's yeah. like, fuck with the fucking pizza, yeah. man. It's one thing on the menu that you don't personally like. Get the fuck yeah. over you it. You don't eat flatbreads anyway. What the hell do you care? Um, but anyway, so Clams Casino, super classic. Um, clams, usually um, like garlic, bell peppers, bacon, um, some onion. So we, and then like breadcrumbs, and then you like broil it or throw it in the oven um, of like clams on the half shell. So we did a garlic bechamel base, a tiny bit of cheese, and then we did bacon, onions, bell peppers, clams, um, and then topped it with some toasted breadcrumbs for that same texture. So. So those are some ideas, not exactly recipes, but some ideas. Marbella is a good recipe. Um, 
I do have a lot of recipes because I've been blogging for 13 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of blog recipes as I make them and stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe as I like make stuff at home, I can just like put links to recipes and stuff yeah. for fun or whatever. So A lot of good recipes in there. I've got 13 years of recipes on yeah. my... Yeah. So just uh, wrote another one today because I actually like write down my recipes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So Take a look. It's worth it. Okay, so the next one, um, Olivia asks, what are the chances that you do the pilgrimage to Tawny Town? Please start a GoFundMe so we can pay for your travel <laughs> expenses. <laughs> so, I brought that up, like, did I bring that up last day to the pod? Or oh, yeah. maybe even before that? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I brought it up a long time ago. Yep. In my head, I was like, maybe in the summer, because summer is kind of like the slow time. Mm-hmm in hospitality for arizona the slower time it's like the time a chef can maybe take some time off right now that tim's starting a new job i'm like damn it like i don't Mm -hmm. know you know what i mean that's a little soon like maybe i don't know but um maybe then the fall maybe but like it's definitely something i totally want to do yeah like i already have like a list of i'm like well definitely we're going by the mansion we're going to (laughs) legoland so we'll be we'll go to the dump Mm mm-hmm because that's down the street from Legoland. Okay. They live right by the dump. Um, we will visit Legoland. We'll have to get some Eureka pizza. We'll mm-hmm. have to go. You don't know about this yet. But we'll have to get a chocolate mess from Market Grill. Um, maybe we should go to the skate place. That would be pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, um, I don't, Aldi. We're going to have to go to Aldi. I mean, what would be a trip without that? Maybe we'll have to go to the stand in the checkout area of the the local retailer. <laughs> and sing. Um, we just got a message from someone the other day. I haven't replied yet, but they um, were talking about, if you go there, you have to come to Silver Dollar City because that's the place that they always go to. Mm. And they're like, we're not all weird here. <laughs> like, you know, they're like, it's actually really fun and whatever. So I was like, yeah, that's true. We could... Maybe go there too, but yeah, I really want to do it. I think it would be funny content. Mm-hmm. It would just be funny to go to all the places and like do the Duggar food crawl mm-hmm. and go to like there's go to the scene of the crime of the now defunct uh car lot. Like, <laughs> just feel like we could do all the things and it would be really yep. fun. So I'm be all good, about like, it. Going on vlog. Yeah, you know. I'm all about it. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of when we can work it in. But yes, definitely something we want to do. Mm-hmm. Yael asks, if you could ask a Duggar question, who would it be and what would you ask? Mm. Um, and why do you think Anna is staying with Pest? How do you manage to read all of the religious, awful religious text while doing the research? <laughs> Starting at the top, who would you ask and what would it be? Was uh, Jackson was the one that struggled when he was in uh, in South America, right? What do you mean struggled? When we were ta- when no he was a little kid the little kids didn't go okay you talking about staying awake yeah like, that's Josiah okay I always get him and Jackson the names mixed but because he's also the one in the morning where you're like he is struggling. always struggling Josiah yep. is always fucking struggling yeah so I would if that was the case I would ask him what what his experience with those trips is because he has to wake up so early and jet lag and he was not never he's it. never having it in the morning. <laughs> Um, so Tim's is a little more lighthearted. Mine's a little bit yep. less, but actually it's the same. I think we got this question first last time and I think I, I'm about to give the same answer. So maybe this is a cop out, but I think I still land on again. We're assuming here that they would actually be honest, <laughs> you know, and like mm-hmm. give us be like forthcoming. 
I still feel like my ultimate question would be to Michelle, is there anything you've disagre- disagreed with Yeah. that you've gone along with? Because I feel like that's a fascinating question. Yeah. Because they are just supposed to go along with it. And I even think back to the story that I talked about my mom last week mm-hmm. with like my brother-in-law when all of that was happening. My mom didn't start getting, you know, Mormon is, of course, in like kind of like all religious situations, it's patriarchal. The, the yeah. men have the like the priesthood and the Mormonism, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But our households did not run like mine personally did not run with this like the male head of the household makes all the decisions. Like right. it wasn't like that. But I still saw in those early years where my mom just didn't speak up sometimes correct she fucking did about other things but not so Mm -hmm. i would just be curious in a situation where it is so extreme like be honest yeah is there anything you have not agreed with yeah um the next one um why do you think anna's staying with pest that is everything she's been taught to do yeah i don't think she she even considers the fact that she has other options and I think that even if she has that glimmer of a thought, she pushes it out because it's overwhelming. Yep. And on a human level, I can understand the overwhelm that she's going through right now. <laughs> she's right. got seven fucking kids at home and her entire life has been fucking turned upside down. Yep. But like, I, I, just, I just wish we could know, even if she hasn't made steps yet or it's not going to happen, you know, or whatever. I just wish we could know, like, is it? is that little thing in there and you're just shoving it down or is it not there at all? Mm -hmm. I think that's, what's fascinating to me. Do you feel like there has to be a glimmer of something or do you think absolutely not? I just think it's hard when you're so conditioned to not think about those things. I just don't think it's even a possibility because there's so much thought conditioning in this situation. Yeah. Where it's not even that you can't fathom those things. You just, they're not even, they don't exist. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. This little hopeful part of me is like, she has to be fucking sick of something at this point. Right? I don't think she would ever, ever, ever give any notice that she is. I don't know. We're going off like tabloidy things that you can't put merit in necessarily. But they're saying that like she and josh barely speak to each other the last visit and like whatever so it's like i'm like is she just fucking sick of this shit already like i don't know yeah anyways last question is how do you manage to read all the awful religious texts while doing research so sometimes are some deep dives are much harder than others like i you can actually hear in some of the episodes when i'm like fucking hot like i remember like cringing listening to myself during the um what was it like the seven whatever ways to whatever to your husband? It's like being a good wife type thing. I forget what the actual text was called or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I remember like I was in a rage that entire time. Mm. And like when I listened, I'm like, I sound like I'm yelling, but it's like it really like that one really infuriated me. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the adoption one was hard to read, like when mm-hmm. I was reading all this stuff. So there's certain ones that are just like harder than others. Um, after a while, I don't want to say you get used to it (laughs) because I don't think you get fully used to it, but I feel like you kind of go par for the course, fucking disgusting, but par for the course at this point. But that's also a part of why there's a bit of a cycle in my deep dives. Not necessarily. I realize that's not something that I do totally on purpose, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I kind of go from something that might be like 
deep, heavy, and then to something that I'm like, this time we're talking about smiles. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I feel like it's a way for me to kind of break up some of the Yeah, it the gets real heavy. Yeah, the mm-hmm. heaviness of all of it. So it's Rouse Dower. Um, she just had a birthday yesterday. Well, as of recording, when we release this is a whole other thing. But uh, also, fellow content creator, is there one episode you can't wait for because you know the deep dive will be awesome? <laughs> I can't wait for the David Waller deep dive, honestly. So same. I have a mutual. I have <laughs> such a fucking hatred for David Waller. I feel like it's like on a level that I can't describe. I feel like maybe it's even more intense than it should be, but I can't fucking stand him. Okay. So I do look forward to that, but that one is unfortunately so far in the future. <laughs> but just to kind of give a couple that I'm excited about in a vague way, okay. um, I am pretty excited for some of the medical-based ones. Oh, God. Uh, some of which I know, like I can think of the episodes that I'll match them up with. Others that I'm like, mm, I'm not really sure, but I know I want to cover, cover it, whether it completely lines up with something or not but some of the medical shit is fucking bananas like think of the crazy shit we've heard and have him try to mansplain (laughs) medicine to you oh god through his lens of analogies and bullshit i mean we remember like color palettes and seasons and eye traps were science so just imagine what the medical book booklets are like it's oh god it's horrific it's horrific in like a this is so bad way but it's like comically bad (laughs) is it like the meme that went around a while ago where it was like i wish i could be an old time like an old um like medieval doctor oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. or turn of the century doctor and it's like your ghost your blood has ghosts in it why don't you do cocaine about it (laughs) yeah it kind of does but it's more like have you tried um not being bitter is basically what it is like that's like a huge that's my line um the why didn't you unload the dishwasher have you tried not being bitter <laughs> that's gonna be our, our mm-hmm. answer to everything now yeah going to be yeah so the second question is which dugger would you smoke the devil's lettuce with <laughs> so there's big jokes about ben or bin if you're that bin. bin um seeming high all the time okay um he posted he like one time like he posted a string cheese and was like does anybody else like string cheese (laughs) and it's like it's been on a bender like what's going on but um so i feel like that's like the funny haha but i wouldn't actually want to smoke with him i don't think he has enough of a personality (laughs) i want i think i would smoke with is it bad that i i'm gonna just say Derek dillard again only because he's fucking messy i feel like that's gonna be my answer for a lot of things he's messy so i feel like get high and just like he might just start, you just like, want to gather yeah, tea you yeah. don't want to have a good time yeah so i would pretend to inhale and i wouldn't be just so i could be completely coherent clear, and i would let him lead lead the night where it goes and just you know if you want to talk a little bit i might just throw some things out there is there anybody you would like to smoke devil's lettuce with no no not in this family all right we'll extend that oh oh yes actually jabaloon man oh okay yeah so he's not not technically in the family i feel like jeffrey knight would get weird like i just i want to chill and like giggle i don't like i feel like jeffrey knight would like be a lot like performative yeah, just kind of where you'd you'd be like, bro, just chill, like, like, just chill and watch Shrek. You know what I mean? 
Jabaloon Man, you feel is pretty chill. So. Oh hell yeah! I feel but. like me and him could like watch like Cars, and I'd be like, "Send those Fritos scoops this way, my man." You know who I think needs the devil's lettuce? <laughs> the lady that uh, Judy, the the lady that um had the fucking face while they were signing up for the float she yeah. could use some i was like that woman seems she could use it so do you know what judy at the uh arkansas float yep. thing yep. um she's my pick judy and jibaloon man we both picked Jay's. names with jay <laughs> even though they're not really a dugger but whatever we're gonna go with those and even answers. though one of them's just a J apostrophe before the guy's title. And we don't really, her name isn't probably even Judy. We nope. named her Judy. Yep, and I don't even know what Jabaloon Man's name is. Yep. Here's one from Jill. Jill! Jill's <laughs> writing in. She says, you guys are such amazing parents to Mildred. Do you pl- This one's a heavier one. Do you plan to have kids? Feel free to just completely ignore this one if it's too personal, <laughs> which I told Tim is like something I would say. I'm like, you can tell me fuck right off if you want me to. <laughs> like whenever I ask people questions, you can tell me to fuck off. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, two, if you were to send an invite to all the Duggars to be on the pod, who's the most likely to agree and why? Do you think they would come to give insights or set the record straight? Um, and she's from Nova Scotia. She, nice. Can, say. can I answer number two first? Sure. So... If I think if I sent an invite, the most likely to agree, I would want the messy-ass Dillards <laughs> again, but I feel like Ginger would be the most likely to agree just because she's been on her fucking tour of yeah. all the things. Publicity, her, yeah. yeah. Her promotional tour. Now, do I think she would actually... I think she's the most likely, but do I think she would actually know because everything she's been on up to this point has not been directed at her family. <laughs> it's like she's going on like she was recently on a podcast about cults Mm -hmm. she was on you know like you know she's on all that she's been on all the fucking tv shows and whatever yeah and like random podcasts where they talk about lots of different topics and then this Mm -hmm. one about but i feel like she probably wouldn't be that into being on something (laughs) directly about her family (laughs) because she's so she's tried so hard to avoid that she's conveniently skirted the topic it is all about denim skirted. Um, she, it's, it's been all about Bill Gothard. Bill Gothard. Mm-hmm. My parents were great. They right. did their best. They were just misguided. She doesn't even say like, that. She really? doesn't even say misguided. She just says she says my parents did like great, gave me great childhood. Like she won't even go that deep, really. Wow. Um, unless I've missed that part in the book when I f- fell asleep. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think she actually would. Because we're so directly talking about yeah. her family. But mm-hmm. if we could push that aside, she I think she would be the most likely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and do you think, she, I'm going to say she, like Ginger, would come to give insights or set the record straight? I think she would, again, just focus everything so much on IBLP. And, and she does say IBLP here and there, but it really is even more so Bill Gothard. Right. Because I feel like she's still... Even not just skirting around her parents, I feel like even though she does say IBLP, she says it less than she does Bill Gothard because Mm -hmm. so many people that she knows are still in Mm -hmm. IBLP that it's like, if I can just make it about this man who is no longer, even though 
all the teachings are still the fucking plausible deniability if i make it about this man that started it that isn't a part of it anymore it doesn't come off so bad yep i feel like it's all very tactical yep plausible deniability okay next one so that first one actually Mm -hmm. um do you plan to have kids do you want to start um i'm gonna give you i'm gonna try to make this short because this could be a really long answer um ever since i was pretty young i felt like i wanted to be a parent um and it's always been something that i've wanted and i don't know the world's scary and i know everyone always talks about how yes the world's always scary and blah 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 um my parents were really pressuring when we first got married and for a while um of like when we were gonna have kids and there was lots of reasons why we didn't so that kind of pushed my attitude a little bit outside of like i don't want to give them the the satisfaction kind of you know what i mean and then like work and blah 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 so um definitely something i wish could happen um it just hasn't really panned out that way and it's kind of scary kind of scary like the world sucks oh yeah the world's scary out there and i'm like i don't know if that's what i want to leave somebody with you know what i mean i think i just keep waiting for um i think when i was younger i was like i'm gonna be a young mom i want to be a mom by 23 for some reason 23 was my number and then with each passing year i'm like next year i'll feel ready next year i'll feel ready and then every year i'm like nothing's telling me this is yeah this is it like i don't know i feel like i could go on about this forever and we'd Mm -hmm. be stuck here for another hour and a half (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons there's um my own childhood and i feel like i never got like fully taken care i went from like taking care of myself like i was in first grade standing up on my chair uh ironing my own clothes which my friends always laugh at and they're like what first grade kid is like iron their clothes i'm like me apparently (laughs) but like you know i just at a very base level i just never really felt like my parents had me like i never felt like they had everything taken care of Mm -hmm. so i felt like i always had to kind of do those things and then i got older and then i had to take care of my mom and so then i feel like my whole life i'm like i and then i have my hit my own where i got my own adult shit it's (laughs) like i felt like i never got that fucking break like, yeah and i i'm so clearly aware of everything that goes into parenting mm-hmm. and i feel like tim and i know people who we've watched they did not know what they're they thought they know what they they knew what they were getting mm-hmm. into and then you see them and you're like yeah they had no fucking clue yeah like, nobody does i feel well, like you can i feel like that applies to a lot of things as i grow older like you have an idea that like these people have their shit together or that they have a plan or that they not even that they had everything perfect, but like they kind of knew. And it's like, nope, everybody's just fucking making it up as they go, which I agree with that. But my point was saying that there, I think there are some people that they don't realize how hard it's going to be and then yeah. they get into it. I think I understand how mm-hmm. hard it's going to be. And that's part of the reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like, I, I think even realizing you're, you're still gonna be like this. We're all fucking going by the fucking seat of our pants. Yeah. But I'm just saying that, that there's a difference in people that I'm like, I don't think that they really thought that out. And I've so thought that out and how every aspect of my life would change. And I don't know. I, my life with you and Mildred, I'm pretty, I'm happy. So it's like, yeah. I don't feel, I don't feel like there's this giant void. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. 
do you feel a giant void? No. Okay. You guys are hearing, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm just like, I love, I love my life with you and Mildred. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard question. Yeah. There's a lot of baggage there. Yeah. Alrighty, how many questions you got left? I think it's three. I'm kind of jumping around, but it looks like three. All right, we're in the home stretch. Bring us home. Right, so Stacy says, what Duggar moment are you most excited for Tim in the upcoming season? Now, if if that's to Tim, the question is for Tim. He doesn't know what's coming up. That's why I feel like that's not the way to read it. So, But if it's for me, what am I most excited for Tim? For me to see. For, for Tim to see. Um, for this ne- So sometimes it's actually hard for me to remember like some key scenes. And I'm like, God, what season was that? You mm-hmm. know, So that's the, that's the hard part. But I do know, like, one of them that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think it's season four. Okay. But I will say that there's one minor but really funny moment in this upcoming season that has to do with Anna um, and Josh that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I know okay. this is all vague and shit, but I don't want to, like, spoil it. Yeah. But it's funny that of all these things, it's not, like, some deep moment. It's just, like... <laughs> This mm-hmm. one silly little thing is what I'm looking forward to most. And okay. when we get to it, I'll explain. I'll refer back to this question. <laughs> All right. So this next one is from Raquel. And Layla, her beagle mix. She says, um, just found your podcast, binged all the episodes in two weeks. Um, it looks like I finished my binge at the right time for the Q&A state of the pod. Through my binging, I've been disappointed to not hear Whitney's full rant on Noah's Ark and would love to hear it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try to keep this... I'm going to try to keep this short, for the most part. So I'm going to preface this by saying, I understand that for some people, the Bible is everything. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. And so if you're listening right now and that you put everything into every word of the Bible, we're going to fundamentally disagree from here on out. And Mm -hmm. that is fine. I am okay that that is what you believe in. And this is just what I believe. I struggle with the Bible as a whole because of the things that we've talked about. I cannot stand. Well, now it's literal. Yeah. Now it's a metaphor. Mm Mm-hmm. And that flip back and forth and the fact that over here they're taking this for gospel. And I'm saying gospel in like quotes. (laughs) They're taking this for gospel. But then this religion or this sect over here is taking this part for gospel. Mm -hmm. If we were all following the Bible to the T in the exact same interpretation, the exact same way, we wouldn't have a million religions. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just struggle with the Bible in general because of all that. To me, it is a book of fables mm-hmm. parables that's the right the, I, yeah get a podcast and you start to uh, second guess everything parables right mm-hmm. <laughs> um that's what it is to me and i feel like if more people could just say it that is, yeah. <laughs> i would be more okay mm-hmm. but i actually um not too long ago i think it was an article what you're like good <laughs> um i saw an article that was actually like the statistics of People, I think it was just America, but I could be wrong. But it was the how many people see the entire Bible as God's word directly, and how many people see it as a mix of God's word, and then people inserting it, and how many people see it as a book of 
fables and parables okay and it was a steep there's been a steep decline in the number of people that see it as 100 percent god's word right which i'm part of that decline <laughs> you know I, <laughs> i'm contributing to that decline right so it's the fact that it's so cherry-picked and so whatever that i struggle with it to begin with and out of all the crazy stories in the bible i don't know why but ever since i was a kid for some reason noah's ark just like <laughs> fucking stuck with me like it just did like i just thought it was so preposterous because i felt like even aside from some of the stuff where they could be like well that was that was jesus doing that supernaturally mm-hmm. like he wasn't the star noah is this one doing this i'm like you're really telling me noah went and did that like i just find it preposterous and i mean there's a lot of other things in there that i do but that's just like stuck out to me for some reason <laughs> and it's even funnier because um a, f- a family member of mine who i always thought we were like kind of on the same page i have a very vivid memory of being in the pool and we had our cocktails and we're doing that adult thing where you're just kind of like floating but you're holding your drink just mm-hmm. above the like water and like whatever and I don't even know how Noah's Ark came up. How the fuck Noah's Ark comes up on like a pool party thing? Mm-hmm. And I just remember being like, oh, you know, I feel like you know Noah's Ark. <laughs> and this person was like, oh, I, be- I believe in Noah's Ark. <laughs> and I just remember like it hit me so hard because I was in shock because I always thought we were on the same wavelength. Right. But then also being like, don't be offensive if this is their belief at the same time. I remember all I could do was go, oh. <laughs> I said, oh, and I just started like sucking on my drink. <laughs> you probably thought that your face was very calm and I guarantee you it was not. Oh, I'm sure. But I just, I didn't know what else to do because I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, yeah, drink your drink. <laughs> yeah. See, and this just reminds me of the thing that was posted where it's like a kid's picture of Noah's Ark and all the animals are walking up the ramp two by two and it's two male lions. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, is somebody going to tell him or should I? It's just, it's crazy to me. I just don't. And, you know, and then other people are like, well, if so, if someone were to tell me, right, well, that one's one of the parables. I'm like, okay, but what about the other ones that they say aren't? Like, that's where I go back and forth where it's like, okay, but then Eve came from a rib and there was a talking snake. Like, why was that one for real for i'm talking about the people who say that there's this mix do you see why Mm. i have such a problem it's because we're mixing all these things but then you're saying this kind of outlandish story yeah this one is for real but then this person's like well this one's a this one's a fable and a parable Mm -hmm. but then we have someone says no it's all happened but like i just i can't it's not for (laughs) me it's not for me it's not my thing yeah and then um I think it also kind of plays into my whole like evolution thing. Um, I also found out that that same family member, I don't know so much that they, for a fact, don't believe in evolution, but they, they take huge issue apparently with the idea of us coming from apes. Yes. So, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, that's where we're at. Like, I know I'm like, okay, now I see this person's Mm -hmm. like where they're coming from right now. Yeah. But I just always land, and I talked about this in the evolution episode. I'm like, it's so crazy to think that this fish developed these type of fins and turned into this and did this over the course of time because of the environment. Like, to Kirk Cameron, that's insane. Right, right. But to Kirk Cameron, we're supposed to have half bull, half frog. That's their idea of (laughs) evolution. Their idea of evolution isn't this 
slowly morphing because of the environment and mm-hmm. things like that. It's like, why don't, if it was real, we'd have half this, half this animals. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Yeah. But I think it all just lumps back into me. Like, you think it's so crazy that this fish evolved over time, little by little, because of its environment. But it's super believable that there was a fucking boat that had every fucking animal in the world on it. <laughs> there it is. I knew it was going to come out at some point. You were being real diplomatic there for a while. <laughs> Am I not diplomatic anymore? <laughs> oh man that's good that one always gets it now she's all worked up i am and it's funny because like i i also kind of think adam and eve is nuts but for some reason noah's arc to me i'm like like the same way apparently i found out this family member has like got riled up about people evolving from apes i feel like that's me on noah's arc so i'm like well we both have our rages like you know what i that's i don't know why i fucking hate noah like (laughs) i yeah, man. Good question. Spark some fire. All right, Mildred. I think we're on the last one. So this last question comes from V, uh, from v um, also known as Ivy Springs. They are a cosplay content creator. Very so nice. fellow content creator here. Um, they asked, and how is Whitney... Because de- they asked a question that we already mm. answered. And they said, and how is Whitney dealing with her anxiety becoming a content creator in the public eye? I feel like this could be a story. <laughs> How short do I try to make it? <laughs> so I kind of like disappeared for that. I don't know. How long was it? A week or two? I don't know. I completely disappeared. I wasn't even answering messages like on Instagram. Like I went dark as they, <laughs> as mm-hmm. they say. Like I just completely like backed away. And um, I feel like obviously there's like my, my anxiety is a thing. Um, first of all, I just want to say that. Any negativity we've gotten has been so minimal that I, it bothers me more than anything else. I think I get in my head more than anything that such a small amount bothers me. Like that's, I think, and then I think that starts its own cycle because I got into this whole thing where I was beating myself up being like, well, if you let, you know, this teeny tiny little percentage bother you, it's a slap into the face, uh, you know, of your supporters. Which I'm like, no, that's not healthy either because that doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like, so then I, like, it goes on this whole cycle loop of me feeling like if I'm affected by it, I'm not being grateful. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I tell myself that, but that's part of the reason why it gets like so deep and heavy is because it's like I convince myself that I'm not being grateful if I Mm -hmm. let myself like struggle, you know? Right. I don't know. Like, I'm just always wanting people like to make sure that. Like, I so appreciate the support. It pisses me off that I let that, like, mm. tiny little thing bother me. So, um, and I think that the reason that that week I went, like, it just felt like it compounded so much is because I had multiple things. It had been very spread out before. Mm. But, like, in one week, I got, like, a mean email that was stupid. Like, it was so stupid. Like, I even remember, like, reading it off to Tim and like like laughing about it because it was just so like ridiculous yeah but and i feel like that's easier to let go if then a couple other things hadn't been happening you know so then like in one week we got like a couple things where we'd never gotten multiple in a week like ever where i was just like man this is like this felt it felt like a lot and then i was watching our audience grow and like so then my mind just started like racing with like 
well, it's not going to get better. This is going to get worse. I, every time I saw the audience size get bigger, I was like, that's just more mean messages. That's more, you know what I mean? So it's like, I got off on this, this tailspin of like, well, it's not going to get better. So you either need to figure out how to deal with this or you need to be done. And so that's why I kind of like backed away because the fight or flight just like kicks in so hard in those moments, especially like when I'm like reading things or whatever. Um, so I literally just like, I was talking to Tim, I was bouncing off some of the people that we kind of message with regularly. Even some of our, um, we have a listener that's a therapist. <laughs> so I was yeah. literally like talking to like a therapist listener, uh, which I really appreciated. And they made me feel a lot better because they're like, that's just human nature. They're like, we take those negative comments the same as you ways, just like a threat to your, just a mm-hmm. threat to your existence almost. They're like, we take it the same way. So they're like, it's human. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but how do I get through that? And so it was like trying to come up with like, a process to like get through it and in that same week I feel like it gets even heavier even deeper because then I start second guessing whether I'm contributing to this mm-hmm. like I run a fucking snark podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I go you're a hypocrite you don't get to fe- get your feelings hurt when you run a snark podcast, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it creates this difficult thing because then I'm like, then I need to stop because then I'm, I'm a part of the problem. I'm a part of this world that's not being nice. So, you know, that just creates this whole thing. So then I tried to like, be like, well, our kind of like motto that we've kind of come up with is snarking for a cause because we do feel like there's, there's a line more to it. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about like deeply troubling things that need to be talked about and right. what the issues are but uh, but then i always am like no is that just a cop-out for you to excuse yourself and justify what you're doing without feeling bad about it <laughs> so i feel like i'm very confrontational with myself which can be good and bad i feel like i don't want to let myself get away with shit and just like justify things or be a hypocrite like i more than anything i don't want to be a hypocrite i don't want to contribute to something that i think is a problem so i still have complicated feelings about it like Mm -hmm. it's still not cut and dry but um caught um i don't know i just it's been a little bit it's been better like i definitely probably been better because we haven't gotten anything you know like mean recently or whatever and it's actually kind of so i've just kind of come up with like little, I'm going to use the Michelle thing, like a safeguards <laughs> like for mm-hmm. myself. Um, I don't, I don't like read reviews anymore. I used to like too, too quick. Like I used to like stare at like the bars going up and down <laughs> on the stars on like Apple. And then, so even if someone wouldn't leave an actual like written bad review, I would see like, I'm like, we got a two star. And I would like, oh, over yeah. it. so I'm like, I don't look at that anymore, which just sucks. Cause I kind of want to read the good, <laughs> the good mm-hmm. comments. Cause it's nice, but I've just not even touched that in two months, which is probably good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I don't go on Reddit anymore. And if I do, I pop in for something very specific and I pop back out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to read things about and it's funny because i can kind of tell when things are happening because that's when things spike mm-hmm. and that's when we will get messages and people are like oh there's a reddit post and they're like have you seen it? i'm like nope don't want to see it yeah and we actually had a really sweet listener that was like can i send you screenshots 
it's really good stuff and i was like i appreciate it and she said she's like no it's really like all good but i'm like i'm not gonna go there myself so i really appreciated her being like a filter mm-hmm. and but i was just like i like i get why people don't go and like read things because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, i'm like i don't want to read it like so i think i've kind of set up little systems to try to like help myself like along with those things mm-hmm. and um i think another reason why that that i kind of left out which might make it make a little bit more sense on why I took that week so to heart was because, um, long story short, I follow an Instagrammer that does like outfits and stuff. Right. And they posted something. (laughs) Has anybody seen how the girls, you got, you might know the ladies might know yoga pants are back in style. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. like the flared with their, (laughs) the big wide band and the youngins are calling them flared leggings. Which my generation, they were yoga pants. So it's like an ongoing joke that I've had with people where um, it's kind of like how these young, how young kids these days think that they're like redefining or discovering things for the first time. Mm -hmm. That's not new. Like when, um, like when Post Malone did that song with Ozzy Osbourne and like (laughs) young kids were like, man, this Ozzy guy is going to hit it big. And it's like, oh, you don't even know. (laughs) So, it was like Eminem and Elton John. Yeah. The same thing happened yeah. then. And it's like, oh, you don't even know. So the ongoing joke mm-hmm. is I've been like, oh, these uncultured swine. Like, it's just, right. it's been a joke. So anyway, so this fashion, like, influencer lady that's a really sweet lady. She, like, used to be a teacher. She's really sweet. And so she posted yoga pants and called them flared leggings. I shared her post to my story, my personal, like, stories on Instagram and I said they're they're um they're yoga pants you uncultured swine sharing it to my own people not even taking a second mm-hmm. it never even crossed my mind that she would like see it or think it was about her cuz I'm literally just my joke about young kids renaming these things thinking they yeah. invented them and then all of a sudden like a couple minutes later she replies to me and was just like calling people names isn't nice and then i go to her stories and she had posted my post in her stories and said like this is just so mean and like whatever thank god she cropped out my like name like my instagram handle Mm -hmm. because i'm like i probably would have gotten fucking berated by (laughs) her tons of followers right and but I felt like such a piece of shit. So I sent her a message and I'm like, you're free to believe me or not believe me. But this is where and I explained the whole story. Mm-hmm. It was just a joke, an ongoing joke about, you know, like kids, young kids these days. And I even used the Ozzy Osbourne Post Malone thing as an example. And I was like, you're, you're free, free to believe me or not. But I'm like, that was not the intention. I said, I will think twice now about the facts of how it might look like I'm talking about the person who posted it. Right. Because I'm like, I can honestly say that did not cross my mind that it might look like I was talking about you and calling you mm-hmm. a pig, basically, right. you know. Um, and like she replied and she was so sweet and she was just like, oh, I, I understand. You know what? I, I thank you so much for the explanation and like she took it down mm. and i like i just like kept being like apologetic and she's like when i s- i'm gonna cry but she's mm. like when i say i understand she's like i understand mm-hmm. she's like but i want you to know that i get this all day long and nobody has ever apologized yeah 
a couple of the stories that we've been talking about remind me of, I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before, where the best part about the internet is that everybody has a voice, and the worst part about the internet is that everybody has a voice. Yeah. But, like, she had, like, she was super sweet. She was like, you must be a special person for to like reach out and make sure to try to make it right and she's like i believe you i have 100 percent." and she's like i understand it was just it was a joke that you had or whatever but i was just like i feel so bad but mm. that literally was happening the same week that i was getting like mm. some mean messages i felt like shit i was like i just made someone feel the way the I way felt. that you feel yeah mm-hmm. so it's like it hit me so hard and that was i think the cherry on top why i just like completely went into a hole Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. And I felt so terrible. But anyways, I've come to a much better place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I still do struggle with feeling like, hey, you're running a snark, pod- <laughs> snark podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's um not completely black and white. It's a little, uh, I still work through those feelings at times. But yeah. at the end of the day, I feel like I do stand by putting out the information that I feel like needs to be out there. Mm-hmm. And talked about and um yeah so that's where we're at but i give a lot of credit to people that have been putting out content for years mm-hmm. i think there's whenever we would get plates of food returned and they would and the server would always be like oh the guest at whatever said that the food was this the thing that I always went and I did this instantly in my head was, did we execute this wrong or is it personal preference? And instantaneously when they come back and they're like, well, they said that they didn't like the the sauce that was on it. It was too spicy. Okay. It's the way that we want to execute it. It's the, pres- it's the product that we wanted to put out. Now, if they were like, hey, the chicken's burnt. That's okay. a problem, yeah. Correct. You can yeah. look at that and you can observe and see that. But when it's like, I didn't like this because it was too sweet. Okay. That's a personal preference thing. Even worse when they say, well, when we make it at home, we don't blah, blah, blah. Well, then fucking make it at home. Um, <laughs> yeah. b- but You're because, free to. <laughs> yeah. But because I'm so, in, like, I'm so trained to instantaneously figure out, is this something that I should care about or is this something I need to move on with my life? I feel like the negative things that have come up to us haven't hit me as hard because I don't feel like there's been anything that we've done that we've gotten negative feedback on that was something that we didn't do well. It was we didn't approach things in the way that they thought we should have or they thought the content that we made um, you know, didn't focus enough on this ancillary thing or, you or know. we insert our opinion too much. You're on, you're listening to my <laughs> fucking podcast, by the way. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. So I think because that's how I'm like, I'm so used to reacting to feedback. I feel like it was easier for me just to brush those things off. Now, if there was something that I felt was legit or was something that we didn't execute well, other than the sound, um (laughs) we get it we understand (laughs) um if there was something that was like wow this just wasn't handled well and it actually wasn't i feel like it would be different but i also don't feel like those things because of the first half of my mindset i don't feel like they would kind of punch me right in the psyche as much as they did for you 
I think for me it's twofold. I think a huge part of it is I feel like I could logically work through it and be okay. It is that initial absolute fight or flight that kills me. It is the pounding of my, like, so that's why I set a rule for myself of, like, I can't check comments or emails or anything like that when I'm out in public because I remember standing in line at Fry's trying to get groceries and that's when I got one, like, berating, like, message and just, like, my whole, like, my heart was pounding, like, my, like, my face was flushing, like, Mm -hmm. I could just feel, and I was like, I can't do this shit out in public, like, (laughs) so that's why I've made rules for myself of, like, maybe I only should check, and actually, I've not been good about this recently. In the (laughs) beginning, I was telling myself, you're only going to check the email once a day, you're only going to check, you're going to make a post, maybe be around for 30 minutes after you post the post to kind of answer and mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to create like little time blocks so that if I something was going to upset me at least it would upset me <laughs> limited <laughs> times in the day and not just me constantly checking things right? right I have not been good with that recently but it hasn't been a problem because yeah. we haven't really gotten anything which I also want to reiterate the thing that makes us more stupid is it makes it sound like we've gotten a lot of stuff and we haven't mm. it's been so minuscule but that's why I think I get so upset with myself. I'm like, you're dumb. Like, I, yeah. I literally feel like I berate myself going, like, you're an idiot. Why is mm-hmm. this bothering you so much? And that's, I think that's where part of that is. I think you're you're always going to get kind of this outside bit of negativity. But the vast majority of the negativity that's happening, that's affecting you the hardest is coming from you. Yeah, no, you're it's You're doing a me. it to yourself. Dude, it's, it is. It's a me thing. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But you I think can... that's why I had to, like evaluate and I'm like can I do this yeah but then I was like it's so stupid for you to let something so small let it let it affect you this bad so you just got to figure it out and that was part of the pulling away is like you got to fucking figure this out because it's stupid <laughs> like, and that, I think that's you know I I think you can think whatever you think of a lot of like mantras and um I'm gonna wake up in the morning and have like an affirmation thing in the mirror but like negative self-talk is a big thing and i think you're one of the you you do that a lot yeah because it's like you gave yourself the initial negative self-talk and then you started to process it and then because you had to process it you gave yourself more negative self-talk. oh yeah it's a cycle like it's a cycle yeah yeah because i was just like well now you're shitting on mm-hmm. everybody that supports you and then like later on when i say that i'm like well that's ridiculous but in the moment i'm like you're a you're, you're shitting on everybody that's ever said yeah. something nice to you if you let the naysayers control your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I'm like, no, like, I am a human. <laughs> yeah. And I think we always talk about that with this weird group and the cult that they belong to. Like, they're so absolute. And I feel like negative self-talk is very absolute in a lot of reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's gray in everything. And there's circumstance and everything and nuance. And I think you see that we talk about how brittle the argument is when you deal in absolutes negative self-talk is the same way it's i feel like it was like three things i had to work through i had to work through that initial fight or flight and like come up with the i don't think that i don't think that will go away honestly Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think the things that i can try to control or trying to control the negative the cycles like the the spinning out the cycles i get into Mm -hmm. of like telling myself that like you're ungrateful or you're this Mm -hmm. Like, that I can work on. I don't know if I'm ever going to make reading it and the pounding heart go away. You know, I think that that's probably a mainstay. But, and I think the third part is then after that, like, it it made me really on edge for a while. Whereas I'm like, am I explaining this enough? Am I, am I, you know, 
did did I say that clearly? Did they know that that was a joke? Did they know that that you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I think it set me up for a little while of like really overthinking mm-hmm. what what I was saying, and I still think that I want to be careful and clear. But it's like at the end of the day, you're at some point you're just not gonna make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. And being careful and clear doesn't mean like think fucking everything to death. You know what I mean? I think I found a middle ground. You may disagree. I think I found a middle ground. Mm-hmm. Like where I I am I like I want but it's also like I want to be respectful and I don't I don't want to be a mm-hmm. fucking total asshole so yeah I am careful but I feel mm-hmm. like I have been able to manage from where I was in early January of being like oh wait oh wait oh wait oh somebody yeah. will think I said that wrong you know yeah like I remember when I said something about like oh I don't think John David is all that harmful I remember like later on being like. Well, people think that I think that everything he's done is okay because I know that he still has done this and this and this. And I'm like, stop, yeah. stop. Like, I'm like, yeah. you have to stop at some point because, but it's this idea. I think it also comes from like the Reddit type things where it's like, if you say any one thing that people are going to be like, don't forget that this, this, and this, yeah. and this. Where So then it kind of gets ingrained into you that if you don't give disclaimers A through G. Well, time for that. <laughs> that like people are going to misconstrue it but it's like mm-hmm. so it's like i try to be clear but then there's also mm-hmm. like a oh and that's such a general thing that happens with any content creator cuz a couple people that i know from different spheres on instagram posted that same thing where they were like it's weird i blinked and now i've been doing this for 4 years and here's kind of this weird thing that i deal with all the time and it's that exact same thing mm this diet coke's really good. Oh, so you hate Pepsi? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm 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 just saying that this diet coke is So really you agreed good. with that commercial they did in 19 blah blah blah. blah. Right. I don't I'm just right. I'm just literally throwing something out there. Yeah. But But yeah, it's that same idea and I think on a on a personal level for me in the industry that I work in, there's been a lot of and this is within about the past 4 years, there's been a lot of do I let this person's opinion bother me? And number two, do I respect them enough to respect their opinion? And I I think I've, once again, made that decision very quickly. So when we have gotten negative feedback, I look at it and I go, okay, personal preference or bad execution? It's personal preference. Cool. I don't know this person, which means I I, I don't care. I don't respect their opinion because I don't know who they are. They're a random, you know what I mean? And if they're going to choose to present themselves in a shitty way, I even more so don't respect your opinion. So I think for me, it's very easy for me just to go off the shoulder. It's it's done because I don't get stuck in that same cycle. It still, it still bothers me just because I'm like, really? Like you listen to us talk for an hour and 45 minutes and like this is what you're taking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those things still bother me, but like I don't take it personally. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, it's gone better for me, but um, no guarantee that there won't be a slip again, or, you know, mm-hmm. or like whatever. But um, I think I've finally gotten away from also just seeing like our our audience sizes. Like I said, just a little under like ten thousand now, and I was freaking out when it was at like four thousand something, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was going, "It's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse." Because I think that was a huge part that I was caught up on. If I feel this way now, yeah, growth means mm-hmm. more. I, for the lack of a better word, and I'm saying this to be kind of ironic, more haters, you know, like as everybody said, everybody always uses like the haters term. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying that to be funny, mm-hmm. but 
yeah, I was just like, that's just going to bring in more people. So if you think it's going to get better, you got another fucking thing coming. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think I don't open it up and see the number and panic anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a good step in the you know, good direction. I don't think I'm overthinking quite as much. I haven't really stuck to my little rules, all my rules, some of them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there's some things that I'm just like, there's well, try to limit <laughs> the number of things that could. Yeah set me off or you know really i think the two things for me have just been be secure in the content that you're creating for yourself not for anybody else not for any like are are we okay with the amount of research and the message and what we put out there we can't affect other people's interpretation we can put out something that we have conviction in and that that's the first step and then the second thing for me is Yes, ex, you know, our number of listeners has gone up a lot, but I also feel like the negative and the positive should go up exponentially with it. Like yeah. it should match it. So if we're still getting overwhelmingly positive feedback and we used to get, you know, one person that would say something negative and now we have five, it's going up at that same rate. Yeah. and I- and And that's why I feel like those my systems of checks and balances in my own head are important because it filters that out. So it's not like, Oh my God, we used to have two bad reviews and now we have six bad reviews. It's like, yeah, well now we also have 40 something positive reviews. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why like, I feel like for me to protect my own psyche, that's kind of where that is. I think it, I was just going to say, if it is something that's negative in a way that I feel like, yes, is pertinent and has legs, I want to have that conversation. I want to talk about that. And I think that comes from my history in the industry too. If you give me negative feedback and it's legit, I want to talk about it. Like, how do I get better? How do I, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's funny because I've, I've had some conversations with people that have actually gone well, but, um, some that like, well, like, I appreciate you hearing me, but like, I still disagree. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But they're like, I'm deleting you. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) yeah that's fine um whatever and then other ones that are just like i said more ridiculous where it's like you know you're really great at this like they'll literally say your research is really great but why do you have to talk about what you think and i'm like you realize you have to come to my podcast hit play Mm -hmm. put the you know and then keep listening (laughs) like nobody's forcing you to be here you can leave if you don't like but that's why i thought it was so funny i'm like you're like half complimenting because obviously you like part of it but then you don't want to hear my opinions well then fucking get out of here yeah then (laughs) don't don't listen nobody's forcing you to listen (laughs) yeah i Um, thought about that with one of them one of them that we had that you were kind of talking to because it ended with this person telling us, well, I really hope in the future you're going to focus more on this and maybe do an episode on blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, no. no. <laughs> if you want to have an episode of a podcast based off of that. It was nothing related, by the way, the topic yep. was nothing related to the podcast. It mm-hmm. was something that they had a personal problem with something we said and they wanted us to do a deep dive on it. Yeah. And, in, and at the time, because it was at the time. I was like, you know what they can do? They can go to anchor.fm and they can start their own podcast <laughs> today. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Simply so. because of something we said about our personal lives. So we needed to do a deep dive on it because yep. they disagreed with because it. They, and I'm like, yep. no, sorry. So yep. that was a heavy one to end on. Yep. But, but working through it, I think we're yep. doing all right. I appreciate that. I just want to end with, am I going to cry again? Probably. 
So thank you for all of you that do send like really kind, really supportive messages. I really appreciate it. The vast majority of feedback we've gotten has been from regular people. 99.7%. That's what I'm saying. How Mm -hmm. small the Mm -hmm. negative is. So small. We've had such cool conversations. Oh, yeah. You guys are the best. Apparently, we're going to have to start a a series of the Catchlerette. Oh, yeah. I guess we should get... Should we give an update on that? Yeah, let's do that real quick before we end. Um, Mildred has had a few submissions... Um, suitors as suitors you know callers uh, but Tim and I <laughs> actually callers well yeah we said gentlemen callers but then I asked him today and I said we don't know maybe she's interested in girls we don't know yeah, we don't know I don't know I said you know we always assumed when we were watching the Aristocats because by the way she literally watches the Aristocats Facts. like literally watches it and I guess mm-hmm. I always thought she was watching T- Thomas O'Malley but I'm like maybe she likes Duchess I don't know classy as hell she is mm-hmm but um, anyway, so she's had a couple suitors that have thrown their uh, collar into the <laughs> into the ring. Um, so Tim and I were talking, I'm like, do we need to have like a whole catchlorette? The like, catchlorette. Do we need to have people mm-hmm. um, submit photos and maybe there's... Right. I don't know. We might have to come... I, have, I might have to workshop it. I don't know where exactly <laughs> we're, at, we're at with this, but mm-hmm. maybe there needs to be some sort of like weekly catchlorette. <laughs> There could be like mm. question. I don't know. I, I, I it's, like I said, got to workshop this. But <laughs> so Mildred has gotten some good um, submissions, mm-hmm. and actually, we've had this whole thing of Q and A's from our listeners, and I actually have a question for our listeners. Okay. So, in the idea of future merch, Mildred, like we've said, she can't meow. She kind of just makes a noise. Okay. I want you guys, and I and I think there's going to be a variety of answers, but I'm curious to see the variety to then settle upon something. Okay. How would you spell this sound? Ready? That's the noise she makes when she opens her mouth. How do you spell that? Because we used to talk about it, it kind of sounded like she was going... Like with the PW at the beginning, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes so. it's... I feel like for a it's you have to do more of like a lip pursing in the beginning there's plenty of times where it's like her bottom mouth just goes down like an like animatronic, an animatronic. Mm-hmm. so she goes you can't see me right now. i'm doing it like they can see me <laughs> just your bottom uh, jaw mm-hmm. but she does do the chirp too she does do the it's a little different though it's still mm-hmm. not quite the same yeah. But anyway, so that's our big question. You there guys you gave us lots of questions. Now we have a question for you. How do you onomatopoeia the... <laughs> All right. Well, Ooh, sorry I cried so much. Damn, I think I cried like three, four times. She's Shit. getting them all out from... She was holding on from the season and might as well let them out at the end. Yep. All right. Well, as usual, feel free to buy us a pickle or buy a me, coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash digging up the dug. Send us a message um, at diggingupthedougars at gmail.com. Enjoy our episode visuals and other shenanigans and communicate how to spell at diggingupthedougarspod on Instagram. Possibly the future home of the Catchlorette. That's correct. Um, And then if you want to send us some snail mail or some gifties, P.O. Box 5973, Glendale, Arizona, 85312. I'm sorry I cried so much. Probably couldn't hear half of what I said. I get that weird voice, that like weird cry. I fucking hate it. Listening to it, I want to punch myself through the... Negative, negative self-talk is not good and stop it. Don't be a selfish pinata. <laughs>